Good morning. Um, I'm Hope Watson, and I've been here since I was born. But uh, <laughs> um, all right. So I want to talk about Moxie, mostly because it's the gateway to discovering fervor for life. It's this idea of bold fearlessness, and it's an absolute force of character. Insanely enough, this slang term was popularized during the Depression era, a time when people had every reason to be terrified, and yet it embodies exactly what it means to be unafraid. Moxie. Maybe a story will better explain exactly what I, what I mean. During my freshman year at a golf tournament in Kansas, I made the rookie mistake of taking advice um, on a ruling from my fellow competitor instead of the rules official. When my fuming coach came marching towards me a few moments later, he knew he didn't need words to chastise me for my mistake. His very presence on that hole was enough to let me know that I had done something wrong, a penalty would be assessed for my actions, and my team's ultimate place in the tournament was jeopardized. As soon as his angry eyes diverted their punishing glare, mine filled with tears, and once I started crying, it was the kind that's really difficult to stop. This went on for a few minutes, and even so... Um, my competitor, a stranger to me before this moment, approached me and took my face in her hands, and she wiped the mascara streaming down my cheeks away, and she said, look where you're standing. I looked down, and I looked back up, and she said, this is the new tea box of the next hole, and what just happened doesn't define you. It was so striking to me that a stranger, my competitor even, was willing to trade fear for courage in the name of bringing me consolation. I'm sure it wasn't comfortable, and I bet she felt awkward, but she took a risk to offer me peace. For the benefit of another person, she exercised moxie. There are a number of stories in the Bible that indicate this is something God wants us to do, and the well-known passage about the parting of the Red Sea is one of them. At this point in Scripture, the Israelites are terrified because of Pharaoh's army um, gaining on their heels. But in Exodus 14, 15-18, God offers an escape plan. God said to Moses, Why cry out to me? Speak to the Israelites. Order them to get moving. Hold your staff high and stretch your hand out over the sea. Split the sea. The Israelites will walk through the sea on dry ground. Meanwhile, I'll make sure the Egyptians keep up their stubborn chase. I'll use Pharaoh and his entire army, his chariots and horsemen, to put my glory on display so that the Egyptians will realize that I am God. It doesn't say so, but I have to wonder if at this point Moses was thinking, you've got to be kidding me. One man and this stick of wood are going to deliver an entire nation? But he was willing to trust, to take a chance on believing, and to call upon the courage given to him by God, and in turn, God delivered on his promise. Exodus 14:21 through 25 tells us, Then Moses stretched his hand out over the sea, and God, with a terrific east wind all night long, made the sea go back. He made the sea dry ground, the sea waters split. The Israelites walked through the sea on dry ground with the waters a wall to the right and to the left. The Egyptians came after them in full pursuit, every horse and chariot and driver of Pharaoh racing into the middle of the sea. It was now the morning watch. God looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud on the Egyptian army and threw them into a panic. He clogged the wheels of their chariots and they were stuck in the mud. I think it's possible that at this point, Moses was thinking, you've got to be kidding me, for an entirely different reason. Because God lent him his fearlessness, the Israelites actually reached refuge. Every day, opportunities to silence fear and shout courage present themselves to us in the form of impulses. God calls us to transfigure these urges 
into action in his name. Let's not be confused. If, if, <clears throat> let's not be confused. It would have been impossible for Moses to summon the bravery to conquer the Egyptians if it weren't for the assurance of God's faultless plan. But he had it, and because of that, glory was brought to the Lord. We can be certain that when God asks us to do something, even if it's scary, that it'll be worth it. We have but to seize these opportunities when they present themselves. In the John F. Kennedy Museum in Dallas, there's an exhibit case holding a china plate, a water glass, and a full spread of flatware. This was the plate set for the president, set for the president at an event to be held the afternoon of his assassination, an event to which he would never arrive. As I stood there staring at it, I, for the first time in my life, sensed the brevity of this lifetime. JFK was no stranger to courage. Unfrightened by unexplored territory, he sent the first man to the moon. Unshaken by dictatorship, he avoided disaster with the Cuban Missile Crisis. Undeterred by opposition, he ended racial, racial segregation. Be, even his opportunities to act courageously were limited by death. However, he had a philosophy for making the most of the time offered to him. He said, there is, in addition to a courage with which men die, a courage by which men must live. A lifestyle is what he was calling for, and God does too. He wants every day to be a conscious choice to live fearlessly. He doesn't ask us to do it alone. He offers his strength, his encouragement, and his peace to us. But he does demand it, and who are we to disobey the king of the universe? We know that by God's assurance, we can conquer fears and change lives. So with this in mind, it is with forceful fortitude, unrelenting resolve, uncompromising commitment, and a bit of moxie that we can set out to change this world in the name of our Lord.